Hello. Hola, mamacita. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of A Thousand Miles Apart. I am Stephanie. And I am Takara. And this is our podcast about two best friends who live 1,000 miles apart. Yay! Yay. This is episode 10. Happy anniversary! Yay! Yay! We did a thing. We did a thing. And we were semi consistent. Yes. Good job, us. Yes. Yay, us. I'm I'm gonna (laughs) give you a a long distance pat on the back. We don't do pats on the backs. We do big hugs. Do we? I reluctantly <laughs> take the hugs and you lovingly give them. <laughs> I, do. I do. I'm an affectionate person, a lover of love, and I love celebrating anniversaries of things. And affection makes me cringe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I've had to learn to live with it, having you as my best friend. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to. Not going to comment on it, but that is a great segue into our first topic. Um, <laughs> things that make you cringe. Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you for accepting my hugs. They means it means so much to me. Um, and we'll get into oh. our friendship in a little while. But um, have you been seeing on the news all this stuff about um, actors and shows coming out about? their apologies for using blackface I have I have seen I've seen some of it not all of it because I think I've been deliberately ignoring it I'm just like "Eh, whatever it's not that serious to me but I do have something to say about it (laughs) well let's say a thing so recently um, Jimmy Kimmel and Tina Fey apologized for their use of blackface in um, their shows or performances that they've done. So Jimmy Kimmel apologized for performing in blackface, stating that he had been reluctant to address the issue because he had knew that doing so would be celebrated um, as a victory by those who equate apologies with weakness and cheer for leaders who use prejudice to divide us. While Tina Fey um, asks, um, well, she asked um, Hulu and Netflix to remove um, several episodes of 30 Rock from um, their platforms for characters who use um, blackface. So Fey herself did not actually put on the whole blackface thing or wear brown makeup or anything, but characters in the show that she created did. So she, she apologized for the pain that they have caused um, going on to say, I understand now that the intent is not a free pass for white people to use these images. And then the show Scrubs also had three episodes removed from Hulu over the use of blackface at the request of show producers. 
Yikes. So, um, what were you saying? No, I was just sighing because I, I don't know. That's they're doing the most right now, bruh. So, <laughs> I want to start off with saying, Who asked you for this? Um, and the reason why I, I put that out there is I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, not acknowledge their apologies, but this isn't even what we were fighting for. I don't know if people realize that. Tina Fey and Jimmy Kimmel were an issue or a thing until they brought it up. So I, I applaud them for taking accountability for things that they did and, um, you know, in the name of humor. But, um, you know, clean it up, all that good stuff. Apology accepted. But this, this isn't even what we're fighting for, which is, which is what makes talking about blackface right now just kind of like okay, we are looking for equality. We're looking for police reform. We're looking for you yet again, I'll say, to stop killing us. Word. But, you know, I get what they're doing. They did a thing. They too did a thing. But their thing was negative and they want to erase it from history before anyone calls them out on their bullshit. I get being proactive. Anywho, how do you feel about the back face backlash? Tongue twister. Um, I honestly think that with Jimmy Kimmel and Tina Fey, it's more a case of covering their ass because they can see the writing on the wall with (laughs) the momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement. And Mm -hmm. honestly, what I consider to be um, fringe people on that group, in the group, I honestly don't think, like you said, like the focus is on that right now not that we don't care about blackface we certainly do care about blackface um you know the canadian prime he is a prime minister right justin trudeau he recently got exposed a picture of him in blackface i guess a halloween costume the governor of virginia who is a democrat what's his name northam he had there was a picture of him in blackface again a halloween costume i believe or or just a costume party whatever but he was wearing somebody's black he was wearing somebody's black makeup uh to pretend to be a black person at some point in his life many many years ago and the same with justin trudeau it was many many years ago that he did it and also um that chick from dancing with the stars julianne huff She's mm-hmm. one that sticks out to me in more recent memory because she's like our age, beautiful, um, at the time, youngish, white, blonde, white woman. And she liked that character from Orange is the New Black, Crazy Eyes. And instead of just doing her hair and Bantu knots and wearing an orange jumpsuit and, you know, everybody would have gotten it. She could have even painted a gap in her teeth. Everybody would have gotten it. But no, she had to pack on the bronzer to really drive the point home. We would have gotten it, Julianne. You didn't have to put on the bronzer or whatever. Um, We reprimand those people all the time for blackface. I have a huge issue with 
us trying to get like retroactive justice. And like I said, I don't even think it's like a core focus of the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't even think most Black people care about it actively. It's just not on our mind. It's just somewhat jarring when a picture pops up of somebody who we admire, celebrity, a politician, whatever, and we're like, whoa, we didn't know you felt that way. Um, So that's what I think Jimmy and um, this is Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. I don't think that whatever they did then because when it comes to comedians I give them a lot of leeway with what they do when it comes to anything comedic I do tend to give them a lot of leeway because they have a right to express their humor in any way they see fit um you know when things start to become hateful obviously it's like well that's not my brand of humor but everything isn't for everybody you know and when it comes to comedy i get wanting to use something like blackface for affect but it's still not really appropriate and it hasn't ever really been appropriate even in tropic thunder robert downey jr playing (laughs) an australian man playing a black man who was Wait, what was it? It was like the inception of blackface or something crazy like that. And um, even that, and I thought Tropic Thunder was a hilarious movie. I was Me too. Like, I love Tropic Thunder. <laughs> like, this is blackface. But you know, they made it part of it was like part of the joke in the movie. The yeah, the it was black right it was called out for what it was but it's like okay but does that make it okay because you know when Ben Stiller was writing that movie he's like oh no we have to address it otherwise people are gonna kill us for this so that was his way of kind of giving himself a pass but then we still have to say is it okay um because it's like would you would we rather see you hire a black actor to play out the character like Jimmy Kimmel the characters that he did, it wasn't like it was made up people. He was dressing up as other black people with black makeup on. Could he have not hired a black actor to portray the same thing and just write the material? Right. So I would like to know, because I'm not sure if I ever really answered the question about how I feel about it. Um, I would just like to know what do we allow what will we allow because there's so many things that we can give people a pass for if it's not done with malice like julianne huff playing crazy eyes she did not pack on the bronzer to be hateful she packed on the bronzer because she didn't think about the racist history of white people putting on black makeup and pretending to be black no matter what the context is so you know when that blew up in her face I'm like oh you know she didn't she didn't know any better she probably should have known better but she didn't know any better like you know give give her give her a break but you know other things that I if you look like a gollywog you know that dark dark black face with the 
big bright white eyes and the big oh, red yeah. lips if you look like that I feel like you know what you're doing um if you look like you're about to start uh shucking and jiving across a, a stage with a cane in a tuxedo yowza, yowza, yowza. <laughs> you know I think you know what you're doing. I think a, a lot of people now aren't... This sounds like I'm making excuses for them. I'm not making excuses for them. I just want to know where do we join, like, draw the line at being offended? Is it that no white people ever, ever should put on darker makeup and pretend to be a black person or is it that we care more about the context that they're doing it in because like i said robert downey jr pretty much got a a pass for that role and we can say that role was relatively recent i mean i can't remember when it when that movie came out 10 years ago probably longer than that Uh, I think it was like 2008 when it came out. So it's been about 12 years since that movie came out. And he's obviously had a very robust career since then. So do we care that much? Because we sure enough didn't boycott Iron Man uh, in all the Marvel movies that he was in. I think I hate I hate to say this because I read it last night and I was the context in which I read this statement kind of pissed me off, but the way I mean it is different. Equality goes both ways. When I read it last night, I was reading the comment section of a news post and the person who said it, they didn't mean it. But anywho, equality goes both ways. So I think that if we start, if the expectation is even really expressed that you pull any kind of shows or movies or anything that have white people in dark makeup, any kind of blackface, you got to get rid of white chicks too. You have to also pull the episodes of Martin where he dressed up as Gina's white co-worker. So I'm like, yeah, dude, it's a raging party, dude. You have to take all of that down if it, if equality goes both ways. And we don't want people to depict other races in the way that they they put makeup on. Because like you said, the same thing can be conveyed in just a costume. Even like like take Ed uh, from Good Burger. He mm-hmm. had the whole um, valley boy. I don't even know if that's a term. I'm going to make it a term. Valley boy thing down. You know, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Like you could tell that he was, you know, not from the blackest of neighborhoods mm-hmm. by the way that he spoke. Or he might have just been a little touched. I don't know. But the character didn't require him to change his skin tone in order for him to make that character funny. So, guys. In response to that, like, equality works both ways. Um, Was this a white person who posted that? Yes. It wasn't even about this topic. It was about something totally different. But... I, when I was getting ready to say it, I was like, oh, no, I'm quoting now. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> um, when it comes to stuff like that, or when it comes to this specifically, because I have seen every time some celebrity or politician or whatever is called out for blackface, 
somebody always brings up the topic of like um, white chicks. Oh, mm-hmm. white chicks. And I've seen the Martin example too. And there's been a few other um, black actors, comedians, celebrities, whatever, that painted their faces white for whatever comedic effect that they were going for. And to that, I say there is no harmful racist history in black people putting on white faces and by that i mean white people way back when which is really not that long ago um you know excluded black people basically from entertainment and industry and this was vaudeville plays movies music even any anything i think it was more predominant where you could see the actor or the comedian whatever and they obviously were not going to get a black person uh to play certain roles and they didn't want black people to play certain roles because they were demeaning black people they were painting on black shoe polish um painting their lips big and pink or big and red um exaggerating the big white eyes or whatever and then don't forget they had the opie slow voices oh yes master sir you know they were mocking black people they were mocking black plight they were mocking black intelligence they were completely mocking black people and it was comedy back then you know so they used black skin as a a hateful gimmick and that's why today it's considered unacceptable and that's why today i'm asking you know content that's why i'm saying today context matters because Mm. everybody should know the history of blackface and you know if you see somebody doing it today i don't know am i going to be mad at a 15 year old that paints himself black because he wants to play this is going to sound really old. I can't think of a, like, what's his name? Luke Cage? I don't, am I? I don't know. Am I going to be mad at him? Luke Cage is a pretty powerful powerful character, comic book character. So am I going to be mad? I don't know. As long as he's not playing Luke Cage as like some stupid, you know, ignorant stereotype of, of a black man. I don't know if I'm allowed to be mad about that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that argument holds up comparing blackface to whiteface. And if we can't do it, then you can't do it either. Because I don't think a black person putting on a white face hurts anyone. And it doesn't harken back to any kind of hateful past at all. Like who uh, I disagree to some de- some I disagree it, to some degree with you only because I'm sorry, I mean, no I just want to say it is mocking but in terms of a history there's like what history can white people point to to say this harmed us when you put on that white makeup as a black person this harmed us I get the harm as far as the the hurtfulness and the intentional you know 
disregard of the black race and trying to mock us, all that good stuff. I get what you're saying, but it has to start somewhere, right? Who's to say how anyone felt if they saw it? But more importantly, Martin has a different audience than Jimmy Kimmel does. So who's to say that enough people even saw it to be offended? What Martin did and the same thing with Jimmy Kimmel and Tina Fey. I never saw 30 Rock. I've seen like a handful of episodes, but not like enough to have ever caught these episodes that she pulled. So their audiences <laughs> are totally different. And we, I shit, I didn't know that either of them <laughs> did this until I read about it. And I didn't keep up on Scrubs either. Didn't know that something had happened. And there's a black main character on Scrubs. So the the demographic is different where they might not have seen it, but just throwing it out there that how far are they going when it comes to removing stuff? I'm not saying that you have to take off um, Martin and take off um, white chicks from streaming platforms. I'm just curious, how far are we about to go with all this? Because it's not what we asked for to begin with. This, right. this is, you know, you're, they're getting in front of their wrongs because the writing's on the wall. We we talking about equality. We're talking about treating black people with much more respect than we have ever been treated with in this country. So just thinking of that comment that I saw last night, equality goes both ways. It how far are we going with this shit? If we take down the black stuff, are we gonna address the white stuff? Like I'm not saying it to I don't know. I just, I don't think that this was required, but I get why they're doing it. But now that you've done it, what more are you going to do to help with the cause that African-Americans are fighting for in this country? Don't just stop there. I don't like the idea of art being retroactively censored um if they felt that some people would say if they felt that seriously about it then they're absolutely right to have episodes pulled or whatever and i'm just like that's not necessary um i haven't seen these episodes to know what they're about i highly well i shouldn't say i highly doubt because you know so much crap can people can get away with on tv and you don't realize it's shady until you see it again and you're like wow that was racist mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i think a simple disclaimer on the beginning of it i don't i mean that would be adequate enough for me maybe i'm way too easy to to please but like like you said we weren't asking for this this wasn't on my radar mm-hmm. them writing blackface in whatever context it was into a script it was not on my radar and apparently it hasn't been offending anyone because 30 rock has been off the air for a minute at least i want to say at least five years i feel like it's definitely been longer so who was mad i haven't heard any uproar about this in the past five years right and jimmy Go ahead. Uh, but Jimmy Kimmel was it Jimmy Kimmel or that Adam guy that used to do the show with uh, Dr. Drew? 
Adam Carolla used to do it with Dr. Dre. Did Jimmy Kimmel? He was on Comedy Central, right? And he had a show that was like about guys and beers and boobs. The Man Show. Yes. Oh, you good. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) So, I mean, who, who even had expectations for these people that they would adhere to anything? Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you that we have to start somewhere, but then I always have to think about the other side of the coin where I'm like how important is it uh either we let everybody do it and we don't get offended anymore or nobody gets to do it like you said I mean you want to talk about how far are we taking it the activist Sean King Mm -hmm. okay he's talking about having every Caucasian depiction of Jesus Christ removed. He's like, no more white Jesus. And the reasoning behind it is that white Jesus was used by slave masters to um, to justify slavery and to justify the way that they treated their slaves and to indoctrinate slaves into Christianity in a and make them believe that they are being treated that way because that's what God wanted. White, white faced, blue eyed, blonde haired God, Jesus. Uh, so that's his, that's part of his crusade now. And I have mm-hmm. to say, to me, that's taking it too far. Everybody should know at this point that the real blood, flesh, and bones, blood, Jesus did not look like what we see the modern anglicized Jesus, Caucasian looking Jesus. He didn't look like that. There's absolutely no possible way he could have looked like that. There's no hair of wool in the pictures. (laughs) Right. Um, But then you get people who say like it doesn't matter what Jesus looked like. It's the message and then it's like, okay, well, that kind of reinforces my point that it's the context that matters. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I get you as far as context and the the blackface. And I don't think that it was meant, I would hope it wasn't meant, to try to degrade black people or anything like that. They're poking fun at um at people that they know or sports figures or making up make-believe characters whatever you could have hired a black person but you had what you had and you put brown makeup on them um i i appreciate them taking accountability for their actions and wanting to apologize i don't want this whole big crusade now of people going through reels of different shows to see you know what happened here what happened there do we need to pull this do we need to pull that out far felt how far the fuck back are you about to go when this isn't what we asked for? Right. Focus on your focus, America. Like, not not to veer it off any further, because I know we've been talking about this now for uh, for a little bit, but do you think then that if we feel that way about depictions of Jesus or 
blackface in general whereas or you know what these artists entertainers whatever have done in the past and now they're retroactively trying to correct their mistakes um do you think that same kind of logic can apply to confederate statues because i don't i think stuff like confederate statues and um things that honor people who have really been horrible to black people. Uh, I just don't think they belong in places of honor. That was my contention when it came to the statues. That's why I'm all for those type of statues being torn down or at the very least being removed and placed into a museum with the proper Mm. context attached to them. You know, go ahead, take the statues down uh, they definitely should be replaced with something that is for everybody and not just for some. It is everybody's history, but you have placed these people in a place of honor. And so it is kind of like a dirt in your eye to Black people. Like, oh yeah, ha ha ha, this person, you know, went out of their way to try and harm your ancestors and now we have this statue in the town square that you pay taxes to uh maintain ha 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 so yeah Yeah. i think i think stuff like that should be like in a civil war museum or something like that versus just you know out there in your face like it's something of a badge of honor and i said this before like why are we why do we have people that celebrate losers so if you want to keep it, put it in a museum or whatever. But I don't know if there's like a one size fit all statue to replace it. Like I don't know if you ever watched um the show Community. But I have not. Okay. So I've I recently binge watched it. And there's um there's an episode where they're trying to come up with a mascot for their college, right? Or their their community yeah. college. And they want to, they're so focused on diversity and inclusion that they basically have to get rid of the previous mascot because it was offensive to some. Everything else that they tried to come up with, um, they were afraid that it would offend people. And then they just made it the person. So now you have the the Glendale person who <laughs> is, <laughs> it's not a man, it's not a woman. There's like no boobies no genitalia at all like it's just a person and it looks like an alien now because they're trying to find a one-size-fits-all mascot to please the masses meanwhile no one actually cared but the the dean of the school was just really 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 concerned that he was going to eventually offend someone with the um with a new mascot And that's how I feel about this. Like we're about to, we're going down this slope where people are addressing things that no one was asking about, where it's about to just be like this, this alien of a being that you have to put in the town square that you can't identify its gender. You can't identify its race, its sex. Not well, it says sex already, but like, you know, there's nothing. It's just gray. I think that's a case of like, you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to things like that, like if you absolutely must place a statue, um, 
why can't it be something good? Like, you know, the first, I don't know, the first firehouse to open in your in your town and the first like fire captain that saved a apartment building from burning down and 300 people were saved you know stuff like that those Me- those meaningful. are type of people meaningful yeah. and, you know you'll always get those people who like they tried to say with MLK well, MLK wasn't a saint nobody ever said MLK was a saint but you can't measure his uh, personal infidelities against what he did um, as a man for the movement, the civil rights movement. Like that, that has nothing. To, one has nothing to do with the other, and it is totally different from having a freaking grand wizard bronzed in the town square. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that I I don't know. I guess I do know, but I'm not 100% sold on my stance when it comes to blackface and when does it stop, or when do we stop? I would like to know when do we stop punishing people, or are people to be punished in perpetuity? Like. I think in this case like they are they're punishing themselves. No one no one brought this up. They brought it they brought it up themselves to try to get ahead of it. But I don't know when we stop. Like how 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 when do we say that we're satisfied? Oh, this is the last thing I wanted to say. I know I'm sorry, we're kind of dragging this topic. But you know, when people go to jail we expect now this doesn't happen in any most jails anymore but jails are supposed to be prisons are supposed to be places of rehabilitation so someone who goes in with a criminal mindset goes into jail and their mindset should be rehabilitated to be a productive member of society that's why they have high school GED programs in jail, college programs in jail. Like they learn trades, they learn job skills and stuff. Not in all jails, but in some jails. And I believe that is way better in terms of rehabilitation than just having these men and women milling about with no purpose to their life, except thinking about getting out and going back to what they already know. So I believe jail is supposed to be a place of rehabilitation. I think by, I don't know if by definition, but it's, that's how it was supposed to be. Like it, you are being punished, but at the same time, you should become a better person in jail instead of worse, which a lot of people come out worse. Mm -hmm. So when these people come out of jail, we say you did the crime, you did the time, And now you've paid your debt to society and you're forgiven. Like, I don't know if you want to say forgiven. Obviously, if you went to jail for murder, your victim's family may not be forgiving you or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if people do the time, that is supposed to be them paying their debt to society. Mm -hmm. Now, we already know that felons 
um, ex-cons, they don't get a fair shake when it comes to being able to move on with their life. And that's why the rate of recidivism is so high. Um, Cause it's just hard to start a life after you have that ex ex-con title on you for the rest of your life. But in theory, they're supposed to be able to come out of jail and start over and restore some of their rights that they didn't have and be integrated back into society to be a valued member. So basically I say all this to say, we are supposed to be able to forgive people's past ills. We're supposed to be able to forgive what people have done in the past when they were ignorant or when they had a, a bad mindset or whatever. So when it comes to people like, I'll just throw out Joe Biden, for example, a lot of people are using how he voted 30 years ago um, on certain crime bills that really negatively impacted the Black community, Black men and amped up incarceration rates and things like that. Uh, They're using things he did 30 years ago against him today, and they're calling him a racist today. And I'm just like, listen, you could call me stupid if you want to, but if somebody says they were a KKK member and they have white power emblazoned across their chest in black ink, and there's a video of them 20 years ago saying, I hate black people. I can't stand those, you know, niggers. If I watch that video, And then I see somebody who is completely different today. I am going to forgive them. You could call me stupid if you want to, but I'm going to just acknowledge that people change and I'm not going to hold who they were 20 years ago against them or how they felt or, you know, their mindset, their beliefs or whatever, because if they've made an effort to change for the better, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong for give, for having faith in them. I don't know why I started talking about this. This don't really have anything to do with blackface, but uh, you know tangent time tangent so that's just time. how I feel in general about that I feel you because we, we have to be able to accept the change which is why I started off with saying apology accepted like if you have grown enough to acknowledge the fact that you were wrong and you have made a conscious effort to change to not do what you did before you know to not to educate yourself so that you don't have the same racist beliefs. You know the history of blackface. So now you know that it is offensive because of its original intention. Like all that good stuff. I can applaud your acknowledgement of that and accept the, the apology that you have given. Whether I ask for it or not doesn't even matter at this point because that's the only way that we're gonna be able to allow those people to grow and change and and potentially become allies in the fight for equality for all, right? Like if you, if you keep holding that over people, we stay in the same spot. We never change as a country and decade after decade after decade, we are always going to have the same conversations because 
if we don't allow rather people to change and we don't if we don't allow ourselves to accept their change you know you you now get pigeonholed like I remember like Phil Donahue used to have ex um skinheads on his show and all other stuff you know you kind of put it out there to show that people can grow and change and learn new things so and it's no different in any other aspect of life your beliefs can change too so it's true I know I didn't think we were gonna go in on that one me neither but we did (laughs) so moving on to our next topic this one's very personal to our friendship. How does being a thousand miles apart in real life impact our friendship? Sigh. Hmm. Play sigh. <laughs> well, I think that we have actually spent more of our friendship apart than together in terms of even just being in the same state because we became friends when we were 12 years old Mm -hmm. and let's see you moved when you were 19 so but we had pretty much solidified a best friendship in those seven years um you know, you've been to my house multiple times. I've been to your house. Um, you knew my family. I knew your family. Like, we were established BFFs mm-hmm. but, uh, before you moved. Um, it is really hard. It's, it's like a, it's a long distance relationship. Get out of my head. <laughs> It is. It's we have a long distance relationship. You are my hetero life mate. Mm. Um <laughs> like that's it. Uh well that's not it. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts really. I just think that like any long distance relationship we have to work at making it work but because we have a I think we have a really deep bond we know each other so well I I swear to God if I haven't spoken to you because you know I'm not going to pick up the phone if I pick up the phone to call you probably something is really wrong I just don't like talking on the phone that much but when we do get on the phone we talk for like 12 hours straight and that that's a sickness like (laughs) 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 because we let you you ignore your kids you ignore your husband you're just like the whole day I'm talking to my best friend and I do the same where, you know, I'm not, I'm not ignoring a kids or a husband, but I'm ignoring pretty much everything else. I'm like, I'm on the phone with Stephanie. I'm on the phone with Stephanie. Yes. How can I help you? I'm on the phone with Stephanie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so but anyway, um, we have that good of a bond that we always say we're on each other's wavelength or brain waves or however you want to say it because I will know if I haven't spoken to you in a few weeks and this is before we started doing the podcast so we can literally go like six weeks two months probably max without speaking and 
be fine, but I promise you, I will know when you're going to call. And there won't be, there will not be any kind of uh, hint or clues. You won't have sent me anything on Facebook so that I know. I will just know. I'll be in the basement doing laundry and I'll say, Stephanie probably going to call me today. And sure enough, you will, you will call me. I know, because I know you. <laughs> Friendship spidey senses. That's exactly what it is. So it's not hard for me to maintain a friendship with you like you we make it easy for each other I think because we both acknowledge that we have separate lives going on or whatever but we always like you're home we always come back home to each other and it's like nothing none of the outside stuff matters yeah (laughs) It's crazy that you point out that I ignore the world for you because I legit do. Because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get this time again. Like, Go away. Go away. I'm talking to my best motherfucking friend. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think it's hard now for me. I think when I first left home, I was so homesick. So like we spoke a lot more when like when I first left and that and you know we it was almost like like a breakup but I was trying to get back in there you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) because you know like my last day being home you were with me and you were like one of two people they knew I was leaving the state and the rest of the world just had to find out however the hell they found out. But I think being apart, um, I wouldn't say the absence made the heart grow fonder. Like you said, we found a way to make things work. But mm-hmm. when I tell you, like, I legit go home for you, if that makes sense. Like, because I'm yes, not going like, <laughs> when, when it came to seeing my parents, either they were coming to me or I was meeting them um, you know, at, at family reunions and stuff. So I never had to go all the way home. And like, I didn't even realize how much time had went by before I finally went home again. Until mm-hmm. like, I saw your face. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my bestie. But like, I'm here, I'm here. Yes. And it's like, when we're in person, we ignore the world. When we're on the phone, we ignore the world. And we, like, this is the longest relationship I've ever had in my life. And yeah, I try to yeah. remind you of that every chance I get. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, he knows bestie is bae. Okay. <laughs> like, if we still had my space, like, dating ourselves <laughs> here, you were my number one friend in my friend <laughs> ranking. And he didn't like that he was number two. But it's, so every so often I would switch you two around, you know, give you both chances to be at the number one spot. He's been in my life for 17 years. You've been in my life for 24 going on 25. You are my best motherfucking friend. He's just my that best friend. But oh. you are my best motherfucking friend. I got but, the distinction. Um, yeah, like there, there's a difference. But, um, 
I'm glad that we started doing the podcast because it does give us an opportunity to connect with each other more. Mm-hmm. But even if we didn't do it, I know that we would still have our long ass conversations. Hell, w- when we talk in the middle of the week, we still have long ass conversations. And they were like, oh, wait, we have other <laughs> things we need to do. <laughs> but we it's like do. we're, yeah, like we're soulmates. They're kindred spirits. And I didn't mean to turn this into a love fest, but I don't think, <laughs> but I, I, so I'm going to call you out on the podcast. I love no, no, Farish. don't do it. Don't, <laughs> no, why? <laughs> no. I love you, Takara. Oh, I like you a lot. Maybe they hear me. I love you. I love you, Takara. Olive juice. The world. World. This is the shit I go through. I don't. Maybe I don't know I'm in an abusive relationship, right? Because as much as as I love my best friend, as much as Bestie is Bay, this chick has said, I love you to me a handful of times and just like my hugs I have hugged her I have I have loved her I have (laughs) smooched on her little cheeks she just don't be trying to show the affection back to me and dude at some point you have to realize we are each other's first love okay well I can (laughs) feel it in my heart without expressing it verbally you don't have a heart if you don't tell me you don't that you love. Me. I got an ice box with my water. <laughs> I have a I have a blockage, people. Anybody that's listening, um, you know, maybe maybe I can blame my childhood the way I grew up. I did not grow up in a household where we freely said I love you and I think it well I know it it greatly affected me um not to a point where I'm actively thinking about it but it it's almost like I just can't say it it's a chore it's a it is a real it it's like lifting weights to say it and that's in any relationship. I have a two-year-old nephew. And I have to sneak and say it to him when his parents aren't around. I'm like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anybody to hear me say it. It's something wrong. You know, it's multiple things wrong with me. But that's, that's a big one. You don't want anyone to know that you're capable of uttering those words. Well, you know, I, I <sighs> somebody said it to me over the phone. It wasn't you. It was like a, oh, it was a friend. Yes, I was speaking to a friend a couple weeks ago. And she also is very free with saying, I love you. She's very free with saying it. And we had just had like a nice conversation, maybe hour, hour and a half. And as we were hanging up, 
she's she goes oh, okay well have a good night i love you and i'm like you have a good night too click <laughs> <laughs> you don't know i do feel like an asshole i do <laughs> because you are <laughs> Acknowledge that you are an asshole so that I can forgive you. I need therapy. I need a lot of therapy. I will get over this someday. Y'all just don't know how hard it is to be in this relationship. It is not hard. It is very easy to love me. Easy to love who? (laughs) Love me. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Ain't nobody talking about how easy or hard it is to love you. Clearly, I said I love you. Is it hard to love me back? No, I do. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text it to you. I don't want it. I reject it. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) Yeah, that's not fair. You should be willing to take it any way I'm willing to give it. (laughs) This is sounding. Crazy. Anywho, anywho, anywho. Oh my god! And I think it's it's this right here where we can call each other out on stuff. And even though, like, we laugh through things, like we are just silly together. But we can tell each other anything, like. Real talk, like, this friendship is my safe space a lot of times in life. So it's not hard to be so far apart. Although when I see your face, I love your face because I miss your face. But Yes! My BFF is back! Yeah, my mom can't stand when I come home because (laughs) she knows that I'm just going to be around you. Like She's going to see you probably a little less. A little less than she should. <laughs> She's like, you and you and Takara going somewhere today? We probably will. <laughs> we'll be gone for 12 out of the hours of the day. So, We're out of here. Bye now. <laughs> it's been real. We'll, Good day. We'll be stopping back in in the evening to refill our giant cups of ice <laughs> so we can have some adult <laughs> beverages and then we out of here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we brought you something to keep you warm <laughs> in our absence. But that's legit just how we are. Even before we could drive, I remember as like if I would go home, like we catching a bus to meet up. I whatever it takes. We sure did. Mm-hmm. We sure did, because we both took forever to get our licenses. So we were mm-hmm. busting it everywhere. Back when bus fare was a dollar ten. <laughs> Shoot. But that's so we knew why... how to get everywhere we need to go. We sure did. Man, that's why we were so much smaller back then. I mean, granted, you know, life in children puts on pounds, but we walked everywhere. Yes. With no problem. Because we we always had a a conversation or, you know. We just always had something to distract us from how far we were walking. Yes, <laughs> we did. We definitely did. Yeah. Oh my god. So, yeah. 
You're my favorite distraction. Aw, thanks, bud. See? That's me saying it in the only way I can. (laughs) And you know what? I will take your advice and take your love however you give it. Because at this point of almost 25 years of friendship, I can't expect anything else. I've accepted it long enough. And, you know, a person's only going to do to you what you allow. And... (laughs) And I have allowed you to go this long without truly showing me the affection that I need in order to thrive. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, you can't, you can't. Like, I, I can't even tell you stuff. I probably hug you more often than I hug my sister who lives five minutes away from me and who I see way more often than you so it's me it's just me I am not I can't help it you know what let's just say my nephew is breaking me down a little more every time I see him because I he's grown up in a household where he's being told I love you every day multiple times a day and he gives hugs when you ask for them now. And mm-hmm. even give a kiss occasionally if he's in the mood. So, you know, kids are always so open with their affection for the most part if they like you. And I'm like, I don't want to deny him me saying that out loud to him. Because he needs to know. So when... I've been completely broken down. I can start saying it freely. Okay. Okay. I'll wait. You, it won't be <clears throat> on the, it won't be on your deathbed, I promise. I swear to God. <laughs> if I have to wait till then, I am going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Ooh, do you love me now? I'm haunting you. <laughs> I'm also about to move on because now I'm getting mad at you. <laughs> please, please, new topic. So... <clears throat> audience (laughs) and maybe Takara (laughs) so (laughs) anywho with this coronavirus out there are y'all going outside I know a lot more states are starting to ease up restrictions Um, a lot more places are allowing you to eat inside of restaurants Burger King just had a commercial I saw the other day where they're opening up the inside and um, practicing social distancing so they have um, markers of what table you can't sit at. Not every restaurant is doing things that way. But um, people get their nails done, hair done, um, all kinds of services now that require person-to-person contact. So are y'all going outside? Takara, are you going outside? Um, I will say that I have turned down a couple of different invitations for social gatherings and 
I have eaten outside once. It was literally like two days after my state lifted the restrictions. Um, and they said that restaurants could have outdoor seating for people. No indoor seating, but outdoor seating. And I was I was reluctant to go, but it was a beautiful day. And I kind of got talked into it, but I didn't really regret it because it was nice. It was just so nice to be able to see somebody, see a friend, and have that socialization with them that you mm. don't really, it's not the same just sitting in your car and talking. You know, it's, it's not really the same. So we shared a meal. It was a good time. It was a beautiful day. And I enjoyed it. And I didn't get coronavirus, but you know, that's not really the point, I don't think. It's more like unnecessarily exposing yourself. And mm -hmm. I will admit that today I went to a baby shower and my intention was to just drop off my gift because I knew there would be a lot of people there. And you can't know what precautions other people are taking. You just have to, like they said at the beginning, you just have to assume that everybody is sick. And all you can do is, first and foremost, wear your mask. Of course, keep washing your hands and social distance. So I changed my mind at the last minute about attending the baby shower because there was going to be a lot of family there that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I just felt like I couldn't flake out. You know, I didn't want to be that person that flaked out. So I decided mm -hmm. that I would make my visit short, but I would go and I would stay for a bit. And that's what I did. I kept my mask on the whole time. I was one of maybe 40 people, 40 plus people who was actually wearing a mask. I read a story about a family uh, that had a birthday party and all 18 people or 18 at the party, 18 people ended up getting coronavirus from that party. And I'm just right. like, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to be sick. I don't even want to be right. mildly sick. I just don't want to be sick <clears throat> with freaking coronavirus that you get coronavirus and you think you okay and you know that crap morphs into all, morphs into all these other different things. You're like, "Yeah, I got coronavirus, but <laughs> my cough is just mild. Oh, my leg just fell off." Like that's what coronavirus <laughs> is the people it's like you you think it's just the respiratory system coronavirus is fucking people up like people's yeah. are turning black and shit what do toes, toes. with anything so uh yes i'm <clears throat> venturing out i have been going to grocery stores steadily throughout the whole pandemic i have been going to grocery stores at least twice a week to get necessities all these retail stores and stuff are opening up i'm 
a shopaholic and I have refrained. I have not been out shopping because that's an unnecessary exposure for me. And I don't need shit. I got everything I need. Where am I going? I don't need a new bathing suit. I'm not going to any nice beach vacations this year. I don't need new clothes because I haven't changed for the most part, like how I look and I'm good. I'm just going to say I'm good on everything. And I'm working from home. Like, nobody sees me. I'm a hermit. I'm good. So, no. Trying to limit my exposure. I'm not doing a whole lot of uh, social gathering stuff. I think after going to the baby shower today, the next time I'm around more than uh I'll say two or three people in close quarters will be when I visit you and your family. We ain't got no Rona that I know of, but you know, you're welcome to come by. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so I'm coming to just be in your house. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Honestly, that's what yeah, I'll buy an inflatable pool for me so I can just be chilling in your backyard. You know, I just asked Sherwin today, can we have one? <laughs> like, get out of my head. I I did ask him for one, and he said, do you think the yard is big enough? And we never finished our conversation. <laughs> I, I don't know how big of a pool he thought I was asking for, but we can fit an inflatable pool in our backyard. Yeah, you can. It will take up most of the grassy area, but the dog will still have places to poop. Yeah, it should be fine. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him again for you. Yay! Um, <laughs> Sherwin, if you listen to this episode, can you buy an inflatable pool for when Takara comes to visit? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, as far as me going outside... We rented a cabin, dang, was it going on two weeks ago now, and went as a family to just get away or whatever, which someone someone questioned me, you know, asking, are you just going from one house to another? Does it matter? Like, we have cabin fever, and we took a chance. Like, we, we were supposed to go to um, Disney for a week in June and that got kiboshed because coronavirus and I was like I gotta do something to get out the house like it was I I was going crazy you know I'm like really getting depressed just sitting in the same home Mm -hmm. so it was fine for me to be with the same people when we left and we honestly had made plans to go do you know some things or whatever like we want to go tubing we want to go hiking just a little bit of outdoor activity but then racial tension it's outside too right alongside coronavirus so in this little mountain town there was a lot of reasons why it was best for us to stay inside that's all i will say regarding that but i was not comfortable going outside because of how things were on the outside outside of like just being on the property that we were on but it was it was a nice experience still 
because we were in a fenced-in area. We made s'mores with the kids. I remember, did I hate s'mores? Ugh, Love the kids, I hate the s'mores. The What'd kids you too. You didn't tell me the kids hated them. No, no, no. I said I love the love the kids. I hate the s'mores. Oh, okay. The, okay. the kids like the s'mores. I hate it though. I don't like plain chocolate, and it was just a lot of chocolate. Like I took one bite and was like, "Nope, I don't like this shit." But I finished my s'more, um, and when we went back inside, the kids were like, "Can we have raw s'mores?" I'm like, "What the hell is a raw s'more?" <laughs> 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 they took the rest of the graham crackers, the the marshmallows, and the chocolate, and just put it together and ate it like that cold. And I'm like, so we struggled with this damn fire all this time. And y'all were y'all would have been okay with a raw s'more. <laughs> that is that is definitely some boy shit. I mean, I, I can't say that a girl wouldn't do that but come on the whole point of the s'more is to roast that marshmallow you get it all gooey and then you put it on top and it melts the chocolate and then you take the crunchy graham cracker and it's an experience it's a texture and a flavor experience and your boys cut through all of that. <laughs> it's Raw just more. like Raw more. Just want sugar. Just give us sugar. But we have more fun just setting shit on fire. Like there, there's a spider. Throw it in the fire. You know, oh like <laughs> we, we were burning leaves. We when we were done with our skewers, we threw them in the fire. Like wipe your mouth, put your napkin in the fire. Like we just. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are the reason y'all are the reason Smokey the Bear has a job okay <laughs> it's people like you <laughs> we were not interested in preventing forest fires on that night we were just burning shit like what else is flammable like <laughs> but it was still it was a cool experience we gave I don't know if dogs can eat marshmallows we gave the dog a marshmallow and she didn't bother to even try to chew it. She, I watched her bury it, and I thought it was the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> she buried her. her My dog, um, I give him um, mini marshmallows, usually only in the wintertime when I'm making hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. And- He's in my face begging because he begs for everything. I give him a couple, but he doesn't need any sugar on his little rotten teeth. He doesn't need it. But if something falls on the floor, it's his. And sometimes I do give him one or two mini marshmallows. He loves them. Your yeah. poor dog, she's still a puppy. She doesn't know what to do with that. Because you, <laughs> you can't even smell that a marshmallow is food. You're just like, yeah. what is this? Plastic? <laughs> so, Cara, it was like the marshmallows were clearly not mini. They were square shaped and you just put it like it, was, it fit perfectly into a s'more. And she took her little nose and pushed it, pushed the um, dry leaves up against it. And I was like, oh, my God. But <laughs> basically, it was a great <laughs> mental reset. Like, I spent all last week at work when people were like, how was your vacation? I found my zen. I found my zen. I told every freaking body who asked me about my vacation, I found my zen. Because I needed a break. I was going crazy here. I was crying for no good reason. And 
I wouldn't mind working from home if outside wasn't closed, but it's it's a lot harder when knowing that I can't just, you know, get off and go do something. Or when I get off of work, I'm not taking my hour commute back home to, you know, and that time was like my my decompressed time where I didn't bring my work stress home. I close my laptop, turn around, and I'm mm-hmm. home already. And I don't want to be antisocial, but I don't think my family realizes I need an hour to decompress before y'all talk to me. So. Right. And they're ready for you to be mommy, wife, mommy, wife immediately. Yes. So going outside um, more yeah. would be nice to be able to do, but I'm not ready to dive into everything that's open because cases, um, more cases are being reported and there there is a spike in numbers and everyone everyone doesn't respect the fact that the mask isn't just about you know oh I don't have it whatever it's it's a respect thing you know you may survive it if you catch it but if you decide to go outside without a mask on and you come in contact with an elderly person or a person with a weakened immune system and you're asymptomatic you might have now passed it on to someone else so Ooh, excuse me, Burks. But it's just I live in an area where people aren't that responsible about wearing masks. So it makes me still remain cautious about where I will go to outside of just going to the grocery store. So you were able to um change up your scenery while still limiting your exposure. Yes. Which I think a lot of people, a lot of responsible people will seek to do. I'm really sick of hearing people say, if you're scared, if you have a weakened immune system, then yes, you should stay in the house and let all the healthy people get back to work and let all the healthy people go out and enjoy everything. But it's not about being scared. Like, yeah, I don't want to be sick. But I also don't want to walk around with like a this pr- pressing fear on my chest. So I I refuse to be actively afraid of this virus. But I am being cautious because to not be cautious is to just be yeah. stupid. I'm sorry. You know, you get all these people talking about the they're still talking about it's a hoax or whatever, and I think they're they're still pressing on with that because they they still don't know people who have gotten it there's still tons of people who just don't know anybody personally who has who has gotten coronavirus or that has died from from it so to them it's very abstract it's just something that the government is has made up to crash the economy, blah, blah, blah. Like, we definitely have spoken mm-hmm. about this in the podcast a couple times. It's just a shame that 10 episodes in, people are still keeping up with this uh, mindset of it being fake or not being as serious as it's being made out to be. And I think I was reading something today. I would have to check the resource, um, or the source, rather, that said it's now officially like 10 million cases we have had 10 million cases around the world that's a lot of people like 
that is a lot of people in what I consider a relatively short time frame from when we first started hearing about cases in what February I think or was it the end of January let's just call it February when we first started hearing about cases and it was like people were very dismissive of it and until now so we are six months a solid six months of having to deal with this thing and obviously it's not going away so I'm okay with the mask. Like today, I put on makeup for the first oh, time wow. in a long time. And first of all, it was too hot for that shit, but okay. <laughs> I put on makeup and I wore a mask over it. It was like, what's the point? I had lipstick on and I had a mask on, but it's whatever. It's what I had to do if I wanted to be around people. I had wondered about only- makeup and masks. Like, do you just do your eyes and your forehead? I um, opted to just do, I shouldn't say I did makeup. I should say I did the bare minimum to make myself look alive, which is put a little foundation on. And uh, I did a nice lip color. And that's it. I opted not to do anything to my eyes because when I sweat, I get greasy and stuff starts looking gross. Gotcha. So I opted not to do any eye makeup. But yeah, I put the lips on and then I realized I'm going to be wearing a mask the whole time. Smart. Smart <laughs> car. Smart. But, you know, it's it's just what you have to yeah. do. It's what I feel like I have to do. And what other, I want to say what other people choose to do is not my business. But it obviously is my business because if your dumbass cough in my direction, even with me wearing a mask, we all know because we've been told it's better if everybody's wearing a mask because it reduces the rates greatly. It reduces the transmissions greatly when both, when everybody's wearing a mask. When only one person is wearing a mask, the transmission rate spikes back up because we know that coronavirus unless you're wearing an N95 it is going to get through your mask Mm -hmm. so anyway I'm doing what I can do to be safe the same way I've been doing this whole time and I'm not going to change it up anytime soon I have resigned myself to the fact that I may need to wear this mask for a whole year every time I go into a building and I'm okay with that. I'm just going to try to do more outside things with not a lot of people. If I'm going to choose not to wear a mask, it has to be in with people who I have basically quarantined with. So immediate family, pretty yeah, much. That's where I'm at with it too. Like the people I gave birth with, gave birth to, and the man I married, like that. Those are my ride or dies. And like, we're even looking like into what else can we do for like family activities outside where it's not like outside going from our home into a place of business, but like, you know, bike riding, um, walking a different trail versus just walking around our neighborhood. Um, Excuse me. 
they do have tubing hair, which um, from the pictures I've seen of other people doing it, they're doing a good job of, you know, disinfecting the tubes and um, making sure that it's not like a huge group of people going at once and that they space out how many people go at a time. So, you know, there's different little activities that you can do. Um, and I've been, shoot, I, I haven't been buying clothes online. I too like to shop, but I have been looking at masks online because Old Navy got some cute ones. So, <laughs> you know, so just different ways that I can protect myself if I do go outside, but it's so freaking hot that I don't know if it's even really worth it to do things that require me to wear a mask because it's really hot unless I go early in the morning or later, like when the sun is setting, to do different outdoor activities where I might have to put a mask on. So we're, we're definitely not going out to get food unless we're just going to a drive-thru. Um, I, haven't, I haven't even entertained the idea of going to a restaurant, but um, that's just my, you know, my ongoing paranoia right now. And um, match sidebar story. So Sherwin was supposed to go tubing with his friends the other day. And um, it it was raining the night before. So they had to wait for the, the river levels to go back down. And he ended up getting into traffic. It was like all these signs are pointing to you shouldn't go, right? So what he ended up telling me was they wanted to go tubing and his friends wanted to go bowling afterwards. And I'm like, you tell your friends I said that <laughs> you can't go bowling and if you keep messing around you can't go outside and I know that my husband is three years older than me and he's not my child and never has been but if he goes and does this other stuff you're coming back home to the four of us and possibly infecting us with some shit you know what I mean so be smart about it so I told him you know if you go to then cool please don't go bowling please and he didn't want to go bowling no how because he has asthma and he knows he doesn't want to put himself at that kind of risk. But these fools were really, really trying to push for it. Like, if you don't go, I'm not going to go. Then don't fucking go. Like, y'all, everyone has a family to go back home to and no one's thinking outside of their need to interact with each other. So it's like, just be smart about it. If you're going outside because things have opened back up, I, I can't say it enough. Like, make sure that if it's if it's something that's just for entertainment, that you're not going to put yourself in necessary risk. Because I still do not see the point of going bowling and practicing social distancing in a bowling alley and wearing a mask and taking it off to drink your beer or eat your chips and no one's washing their hands or sanitizing in between bowls. Like, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on just to bowl in a normal normal environment. It's harder for me to fathom how you do that when you're practicing social distancing and you should be washing your hands all the freaking time because you're out and about touching shit. Ew. Right. Ew. He didn't take like, it. Even? Huh? He didn't go. No. He, didn't he got go. caught in traffic. There was an accident that had blocked like a ton of lanes. And um, I think when he got rerouted, it would have it would have taken him forever just to meet up with his friend. So he turned around and came back home. Okay. And I was like, who thank you, Jesus? Yeah, 
<laughs> All signs pointed to take your ass yes. home. Uh, even me, I'm gonna. I haven't been tested yet, and apparently, I I don't. I better hurry up and get tested because Trump is trying to shut down um, the federal test sites. Uh, as of now, testing is free, and I'm just like I'm. Don't tell me I have to pay for it because I can be cheapy McCheap face. Okay, don't tell me. Is it five dollars? Is it five dollars? I can afford five dollars. <laughs> that's about it. If you talking about, I have to give my insurance information. Um, I ain't doing it. But um, I definitely plan to go have myself tested before I visit you. And the insidiousness of this virus is that. I can go get tested two days before I come to visit you and in my travels to get to you contract the virus. Mm. Like that's how evil it is. But I'm going to, like I said, we can, we should do what we can. The um, most precautions that we can take, we should take. And that's what I'm doing because I don't want to be responsible for getting anybody sick and I don't want to get sick. Please and thank you. Yeah. On another note, with all this craziness of things opening back up and racial tension throughout the country, where are all the murder hornets? Weren't they supposed to be a threat to to ruining our 2020? (laughs) The murder hornets were about to be a thing. And then the media was like, well, I don't want to say the media, but obviously that's all we see in our timelines and on the news. Uh, Was it George Floyd that made the murder hornets disappear? Were they still talking about murder hornets when he was killed? Because he died at uh, like the end of May, right? May 25th? He died in May. Murder Hornets were supposed to come in April, I think. Or what was yeah. talked about in April? Uh, so it was Ahmad Arbery who made the Murder Hornets disappear? One of them. Um, yeah. But that's not a, not a good extermination tactic to kill Black people. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I know. But I, I really did it's read that Huh. At least the murder hornets would have been indiscriminate, yeah. but they murdered. They murdered bees. They didn't hurt people. No, they're here. They're yeah. They're coming to kill the bees, which I don't know yeah. if we need the bees right now. Yes, we need to be. We do. No, wait. No, I was just talking really slow. Do we need them to oh, be yeah. murdered? <laughs> <laughs> like you know who's gonna pollinate shit if the bees die how are we gonna get local honey if the bees die so but yeah I, I did read something about like the threat didn't actually go away to the bee population but the I credit the media for over for from naming them this whoever named it, it named them murder hornet <laughs> and put it out there like we got enough going on, man. We got enough going on. And then murder hornets. They're not even coming to harm humans. Has anyone ever been stung by a hornet? 
I was stung by a hornet. Yeah. Right under, right on my bottom eyelid. But yeah, it was right on my face. But I deserved it because I antagonized it on purpose. Well, I was trying to kill a nest because they were in, you remember those old fashioned metal poles? It looks like a giant capital letter T Mm -hmm. that you used to hang your clothes. So, um, when I where I used to live when I was younger, we had that clothesline in our yard, and on the end of the poles, the top bar, it had like a hole in one end and a hole in the other end. And every single summer, there would be hornets that nested in the in the hole. And um, I always used to be scared because my mom would send me out there to take the clothes off the line and I would just have to go snatch stuff down, throw it in the basket and run back into the house because I was scared of them. So uh, one day I decided to be crafty and I put a piece of saran wrap because I might have been a bit sadistic. I wanted to see them die. Oh my God. I put a piece of... (laughs) (laughs) listen you guys were throwing spiders in fire okay i was a kid doing kid (laughs) shit but (laughs) but i put a piece of saran wrap on one end of the pole with uh, a rubber band and then i took this uh i don't know spray like what do you call it extermination spray I don't know but I took some of that spray and I just sprayed it into one end of this pole and I just kept spraying and then I hurried up and I put the saran wrap on the on that end with the rubber band and then I took a stick and I started banging on the pole <laughs> oh my god this is much more than burning a spider sorry <laughs> It was, I was like banging on it because I wanted them riled up. I wanted them to suck in that stuff and die. And after about, I don't know, I probably didn't wait long enough, but five, ten minutes, I got impatient. And I said, oh, they all got to be dead by now. Man, I went and took that saran wrap off. And I'm like, I don't hear anything. Okay, good. They're They're dead. One of those things came flying right at my face and immediately stung me. And I was like, I deserve this. <laughs> you said this is for my homies. <laughs> but those were definitely hornets. They were not bees. They were hornets. Hornets are good for... What are hornets good for? All they do is kill other insects. Which is great for insect population control when needed, but I don't think we have a bee overpopulation, do we? No, we need more bees. Right. So say say where you at, murder hornet. <laughs> Take another. We have enough as a as a planet going on. I don't know what where you where you came from, murder hornet. This is not the time. If you were hibernating all this time. Sleep a little longer. Check on us in Please 2021. Please take a rain check. Right. Check on us Please in 2021. See what's happening then. It might not be over. You might want to come back around 2022. 
you know, <laughs> instead, it might be better for everyone if we can just deal with one thing at a time, resolve it. Oh, new issue, resolve it, but not everything at once, Murder Hornets. I don't know why you have left the media, but you stay right there wherever you are in obscurity. <laughs> we don't need you to come around. 2020 is hard enough. I just realized my dog was in here. Where the hell did she come from? <laughs> <laughs> she started scratching out of nowhere. It scared me. <laughs> anyway. She's like, Mom. She's clapping for me. Well. <laughs> All right. So, whoo, chow. We have had a jam-packed um, convo. Yes. It was good, though. Mm-hmm. This was a good one. Mm-hmm. I liked it. 10th um, episode anniversary of the first time that we ever spoke to the whole world together at one time. Look at the good stuff y'all get when we're celebrating. You get a jam-packed, almost two-hour episode of goodness. Mm. And you better eat it. You better eat all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. What? <laughs> I was saying, nah, nah, nah. I thought about it like nah, I can't coast on that. No, nah, you gonna stand alone in that shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, eat everything we put on the plate. Okay. What were What were you eating, Stephanie? Fuck you! I'm not eating that. <laughs> 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 Payback for me bringing out bringing up the I love you thing. It might be. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. <sighs> All right. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, our 10 episode anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really glad you stuck it out with us. We had some good times. Mm-hmm. Um Stephanie, you want to tell the people what platforms they can find us on? So please be sure to follow our Facebook page, Thousand Miles Apart. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter as a Thousand Miles Apart podcast. Um, cost you nothing to follow us. Go ahead and do that. You can also leave us feedback there. Um, topic ideas, anything you want to talk about. You can socialize with us on social media. Um, you can also find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and various other podcast formats and platforms. Once you find us on those platforms, if there is a rating option, please give us five stars or whatever is equivalent so that we can be found in the algorithm by other listeners as well. Whew. Yes. Thank you. Welcome. So, this is A Thousand Miles Apart. I am Takara. And I'm Stephanie. Bye. Bye.